Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Good morning. We are covering today Leviticus 9, 10, and 11, as well as the first half of Proverbs chapter 15. In these three chapters we read today in Leviticus 9, 10, and 11, I think we see a really good example of why this book is important. Even though uh, there's so much detail that that is for uh, another world in one sense, there are very important lessons that I think we can learn from it. Uh, The observations from the text today I think shows maybe even more application than we may at first glance see. Uh, And certainly when we look at the applications from the text specifically today, I think there are very important takeaways for our life. So let's get to it and and see what uh, happens today in Leviticus 9, 10, and 11. Number one, the Lord is pleased with Aaron's offering and his glory appeared to the people. We see this in chapter 9, verse 23. Uh, Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Uh, This shows that God accepted their offering. Even with just this observation, there are some important takeaways, I think, for us. If the Lord is pleased with an offering, that also tells us that it's possible for him to not be pleased with an offering. We saw that all the way back in Genesis with Cain and Abel. Uh, The Lord was pleased with one offering, displeased with another. And so what this reminds us of is that uh, this, this really cavalier idea that exists so much in the church world today that as long as I go to church, God is pleased, or as long as I don't break these certain laws, God is pleased. Um, but there are offerings that, that God is pleased with and some that he is not pleased with. Uh, and, and his glory appeared before the people uh, as a blessing to them, and it left them uh, in, a, in a state of worship as they fell on their faces. Number two, Aaron's two oldest sons, Nadab and Abihu, are killed after offering an unauthorized sacrifice. So right on the heels of chapter 9, telling us there's a kind of worship, a kind of offering that God is pleased with, chapter 10 immediately gives us an example of another kind of offering or a kind of worship that the Lord is not pleased with. Chapter 10, uh, verse 1 says, They offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So you're reading through Leviticus and you're saying, man, these details of what the Lord commands are so specific and so detailed. Yes, they are. And they're also to be followed. And it's a dangerous thing to seek to approach the Lord on your terms when you have violated his terms. So they offer, um, offer this unauthorized fire, this strange fire, which the Lord had not commanded. In verse 2, the fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. It, it's just interesting that in chapter 9, verse 23, 
the fire came out from before the Lord, and it was an act of, of acceptance and blessing for the people. In chapter 10, verse 2, the fire came out from before the Lord, and it consumed them. So, the Lord, in chapter 9, because He is pleased with the people, because they obeyed Him, His presence there, through that fire, was a presence of blessing. In chapter 10, because Nadab and Abihu did not obey what the Lord commanded, God's presence through the fire consumed them. That, that's, a, that's a picture of the reality of the gospel, that for those who believe in Christ, um, the presence of God is good. It's our blessing. It's our greatest hope. But for those who have rejected the gospel, standing in front of the Lord will consume them. It will be uh, making them completely undone. The psalmist in Psalm uh, 73 said, As for me, the nearness of God is my good. That's true for God's people, to, that God's nearness is this wonderful blessing. But for those who reject the gospel, for those who do not do as God commanded, uh, the, the presence of God drawing near consumes them in judgment. And so, right here in Leviticus, at the end of chapter 9, first of chapter 10, you see this distinction um, between uh, those who are right with God and those who rebel against God. And you see how the Lord can be uh, present to bless or present to judge. Number three, the leaders were to teach the people all of God's law and sacrifice according to to his design. We've already seen what happens when you don't sacrifice according to his design. In chapter 10, verse 11, it says, You are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. So they were commanded to teach all the law and then to obey it. Um, teach everything the Lord has revealed to Moses, and the people are to obey it. Certainly the same thing is true in our world today as New Testament Christians, uh, that we are to teach the full counsel of God's Word, holding nothing back, as the book of Acts talked about, and we are to obey what the Word says to us. Number four, God's people are to be holy because God is worthy. Chapter 11, verse 44, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. Uh, because the Lord is worthy of our worship and worthy of our obedience, we ought to live holy lives. Very closely related to that, I want you to notice a fifth thing, that God has proven himself faithful, and our worship is the only sensible response. We see that at the very end of chapter 11, where it says, For I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. In other words, the character of God, the faithfulness of God, the way that he's proven himself um, to come through for God's people, should produce a response of worship and of obedience in our lives. This is one of the reasons why it's important to read the book of Leviticus and all of the books of the Old Testament, because the more we know of God's faithfulness in the past, the more it should produce worship in our hearts. And the more worship we have in our hearts, the more obedient 
lives we're going to live. And so there are two ways here at the end of chapter 11, uh, two motivations for being holy. One of them is because of, we saw as it was the fourth observation, is because God is worthy of it. And then closely related to that is because of what he's already done for his people to prove his faithfulness. So it's what God's done in the past and what God is doing today. It's who God has been in the past and it's who God still is today. Both of those things work in tandem to produce within us a desire to worship the Lord and to be holy as he is holy. And one last thing with that observation, it also reminds us that God is our standard. Be holy as I am holy. In other words, the standard by which we are to live is, is who God is. So many times what we tend to do is we take a look at other people and we compare ourselves to them and we feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a better Christian than they are or I'm more obedient than they are or I gossip less than they do, or I'm less prideful than he is. And we, we make ourselves feel better than we should because we compare ourselves against other sinners. They're not our standard. God is our standard. Be holy as I am holy. And so what this is reminding us here in Leviticus, that's at the end of chapter 11, is that our standard for holiness is God, no one less than that. And our motivation for living holy lives is who he has been in the past and who he has revealed himself to be today. And that should cause us to want to live holy lives. Five applications from our reading today. Number one, position is never an excuse for disobedience. Uh, we saw that in chapter 10. It doesn't matter what your position is, there's never a good excuse for disobedience. Um, you may... You know, if you're a parent and so you lead your household, um, you're in charge over your kids, um, even that position is not a good excuse for you to disobey. Uh, if you are uh, a, a spiritual leader in church, your position in the church should never be an excuse for disobedience, as if the things you're teaching and preaching should be true for the people but not have to be true for you. Never let your position be an excuse for disobedience. Number two, God's opinion on our worship is the only one that matters. If anything is clear from Leviticus 10, it's this. What God thinks about our worship matters. And if everyone else is pleased with it and God is not, then it is not pure worship. And if other people criticize you or criticize a church and God is pleased and we know that he's pleased because we're doing what his word says, then that's the only opinion that matters. Number three, God purposefully calls on his people to live distinct from the world. When you're reading through Leviticus and, and other chapters and even books to come, never let that get very far from your mind. That what God is doing is he's calling himself to himself a people, establishing a people for his own glory, and he's calling them to live distinct from the world. You will dress different, you will eat different, um, you will worship different, you will be distinct, called out from the world. That's what's happening in the book of Leviticus, as God is setting apart for himself a people, 
and he's telling them, you're not going to live like the neighboring nations. You're not going to live like the other people uh, that are around you. You're going to live different. You're my people. You're going to purposefully be set apart from the rest of the nations of the world. Number four, we must take practical steps to pursue holiness. So two times at the end of the reading today is this command to be holy as God is holy. Um, And so our application, our takeaway from that is that we must pursue practical steps in order to pursue holiness. What are some things in your life that you need to give up? Uh, What are some things in your life that you just need to push aside? Maybe it's because it's sin. Uh, Maybe it's because it just makes it harder for you to pursue the things of the Lord. What kind of disciplines do you need to add into your life? We need to take practical steps to pursue holiness. If there are things in your life that, that are keeping you from being um, in the Word, keeping you from being in prayer, keeping you from gathering with God's people on the Lord's day, if there are things in your life that are keeping you from obedience to His Word, we need to be quick to confess those things and remove those things and replace those things um, with, with habits and motives and practical steps that make it possible for us to pursue holiness. And then closely related to that, a fifth application, the outer details of our worship should reflect an inner heart of worship. So what's happening here in Leviticus is God is giving all these very specific rules and regulations um, for the tent of meeting, for the priestly garments, for the different kinds of offerings, for what to do with the offerings, how sacrifice should look. And these are all outer expressions, but they should be outer expressions flowing from an inner heart of worship. Um, The Lord has always been about the heart of his people. And so for us today, as you read Leviticus 19 and 11, ask yourself, are the outer expressions of my worship springing from a true inner heart of worship? The songs you sing, um, the, the way that you serve, the way you interact with God's people, the things that people see, are those things done according to God's will, and are they springing from an inner heart of worship that loves the Lord? And then a real quick summary of the first half of Proverbs 15. Speak in a way that pushes away anger, fear the Lord, and be content. So, We could say it this way, watch your words, watch your heart, and be content. Um, Proverbs 15, verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Um, We want to be people who uh, use our words to, to build up and not to tear down. And then verse 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. And so what I would say today as we close our Bibles is to say, let's speak in a way that pushes away anger. Let's watch our words. Let's fear the Lord. Let's watch our heart and then be content. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. All right. Stay strong. Keep reading. Uh, Keep looking. Uh, Keep asking the Holy Spirit to lead you and to show you and to 
to help your eyes to see uh, things in His Word that are wonderful and profitable, uh, and then be quick to obey all that we see. Have a great day.